Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. We're going to get into the word. Um, We are still studying on surrender. Um, The last time that I taught, we were in the book of Deuteronomy, and I taught um, from the style of topical teaching or preaching. I'm going to do the same today um, because God wants to say something very specific. I'm not normally a topical preacher, but God is really highlighting portions of scripture and things he needs to communicate really strongly. Um, And so we are going to be in uh, the book of Romans in the New Testament. The book of Romans was written by Paul, the apostle, who was first Saul, a Roman soldier who killed Christians. Uh, The Bible says he was a persecutor of those that followed the way, the way meaning Jesus Christ. And he has written um, a large portion of the New Testament, which is written either in in Aramaic or Greek, just to give history. Um, And Romans is a book. Um, written to the church in Rome. And so Ephesians was a church, Galatians was a church, um, Romans, this region, and a specific group of people that he was writing to. Okay, so we're going to be in the book of Romans today. And if you just want to turn already, we're going to be in the 12th chapter. In the 12th chapter, the book of Romans. And so when we do a topical Uh, message or teaching, what we are doing is extracting a verse, a portion of scripture out um, of its total context. And we are studying that verse and marrying it to a topic, a theme that God wants to highlight to then relay a specific message to us. Okay. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be going to Romans 12, verse 2, which for some of you, may not all of you, but some of you may be familiar scripture, might be something you've read in this year, maybe something that God has taken you to um, in these last few months or at one point during this time of promise where God is calling us back to the basics. If you remember, the word promise is not the word for the year, but how God would break it down. What God was showing us is that promises that he had made to us individually and collectively were coming our way, that he was going to serve things up, but that there was a requirement in that word. We're breaking down from the P-R-O-M-I-S, S now we're in surrender, but getting back to the basics of God, where we have gotten the church, the bride, because you know, when I say church, I mean people, the bride has gotten away from the basics. We have gotten so, uh, 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 Lord, what's the right word? We have gotten so um, consumed and focused on the next word and the next prophetic word and the next voice and who the next person God is raising up. And we have been chasing voices and chasing messages and chasing after the next new thing. And God has been been since 2020, because I told you we are still on a return to God. 
where God has been very specific since COVID happened, that he was drawing his children to him, toward him, returning to God, not backwards, but toward him. Two means to go toward. And many of us thought he was calling us back to a place. No, he was calling you to a place to come toward him, that the body would return on a journey toward God. And I said at the beginning of this year that that wasn't over. 2020, 2021, God said return. 2020 was discipleship, as those of you who are with us remember. We had a whole year of discipleship where we were learning how to be made so that we then could make disciples. And then in, in, in uh, 2021 and 2022, we we're on this journey of returning to God. And then 2023, he brought this word promise, but promise was not the word, was not the theme, was not the word, but he was reminding us to hold on because there are things that I've spoken to you, things that I've spoken over you, and they are on their way. Don't you dare let go now. Don't you dare give up now. Don't you let anybody deter you from what I've said. Don't you let anybody confuse you or even cause you to think that I didn't say what I said. But that the promises God was going to, if you remember, serve them on a platter, that they were coming to us. And yet I need you to get back to the basics. And so we have, if you look at it, we've gone over some very familiar scripture. Some scripture may have been new because unfortunately many of us don't read the Old Testament. We like to stay very heavily in the new. But without the Old Testament, there would not be a New Testament because the Old Testament is the foretelling, is a prophetic message to the New Testament. The first five books of the Bible are the Torah, which were the books that the only books they had for many dispensations. The Pentateuch is what it's called. And so we are now in Romans 12, which may be familiar to some of you. I'm going to read a verse that may have been familiar to most of you or you've heard it before, but I'm going to tell you, you've never heard it this way. Ding, ding. I know. Y'all be wanting me to come back and then I come back and then your faces look a little, oh Lord, what's about to happen? It's okay. I love you. I got you. I got you. You got you. Okay, so hug yourself right now. Come on, let's just. Okay, I, I, it's going to be fine. It's okay. She's going to shot herself. <laughs> okay, hug yourself. It's going to be okay. All right? So Romans 12, and we're going to be in verse 2. However, we are only going to take a portion of verse 2. <laughs> the A portion. The reason why I can tell you there's an A and B portion, because in verse two, there are actually two sentences that make up verse two. What's very interesting in the second sentence that we're not, that's not going to be our focus, but the second sentence of verse two actually has a comma in it, which then breaks the section, because whenever you see a comma in, in any type of, of the written language, whether it's in the Bible or just in a regular book, what does a comma mean? A comma means you are supposed to stop, to pause, and to take a look at what is being said before and what is about to, to come after. So what precedes it and what's behind it. But you have to stop there. And many of us read our Bible without realizing these commas and we read things as if they are run-on sentences and yet God is asking you to stop and pause and take a look but we're actually going to just be I'm going to take the a portion I'm going to read all of verse two we're going to take the a portion and then I'm going to break that off too 
I know. So verse two, Romans 12, in the NIV says this, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good common, <laughs> pleasing and perfect will. Okay, so that is the entirety of verse two. However, we're going to go to the first sentence, which says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do you see the comma there? We're stopping right there. We're not even going to, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to bring some of that into it, but we're stopping where Paul puts a comma. Because so often, even when we say it, we say it like this. Do not conform your, uh, do not conform to the paths of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is that not how we always say it? We say it as one complete thought. Tell me if I'm lying. <laughs> how the writer writes it, though, is do not conform to the patterns of this world. Pause. So we're going to pause. And the only portion that we're going to fully dive into is do not conform to the pattern or patterns of this world. Here is the title of today's message. Surrender the world left in you. Surrender the world left in you. I see you, Evangelist so remember, this is a topical message where we take a portion of the scripture, we extract it and marry it to a thought that God wants to get across to us. Again, you may have not noticed that comma before, because when you have heard pastors or teachers talk about this particular portion of scripture, they read it as one thought. Now, it is a total thought. It's a total verse. But you've got to read it as it was written and take thought and consideration where commas are placed because this is a major stop sign. It's a pause for us to really look at and take apart, exegete, and dive into what is God really saying? What is Paul really trying to convey to us about do not conform to the patterns of this world? I want to read this in the... Uh, the Passion Translation for you. It says this, Ooh, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, Tommy. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, Tommy. That's what it says in the Passion Translation. Let me go to the Amplified. It says this, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs. Come. Let's try one more. Hmm. Let's see how the message breaks it down. Because, you know, the message likes to get a little messy with it sometimes. Really, really hurt your feelings. The message says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday or, oh, sorry. Hold on, let me go to two. I'm reading one. Sorry. Here it goes. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture 
Woo! That you fit into it without even thinking. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I want everybody to pause for a moment and think about, do you know that your job is a culture? Your community has a culture. Your friendships have a culture. Even the ministry you attend has a culture. Ours is the culture of the kingdom. We talk about that. We talked about that before. But everywhere you go, there is a culture, a way of being, a way of thinking, a way of seeing, a movement, a breath to it. And so we're going to go back. We're going to go back to the NIV, which says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, comma. That's where we are. We're just talking about that scripture. So surrender the world left in you. Let's go over again about what surrender means. It means to give to give up and hand over. So anything that you are surrendering, you must first place it into your hand. Give it up and then hand it over to God to then for him to put it in his hand. You have to release it to him. God is not just going to snatch it from you. That's not surrender. And many of us wish that he would just take it. <laughs> Come on, think about the thing. You're like, could you just take this, please? Could you just, it'd be just so much easier if you would just take this, if you would just remove this, if you would just, no, I need your participation. And so in order for it to be fully effective and take uh, root and become a foundation, I need you to actually give it up and hand it over to me. And we need to start being more conscious about the things that we need to surrender over to God. Not sometimes, not a few times, but almost every day. Because if we're really honest, many of us have lifted it up or given it up, but we haven't fully handed it over. We're still playing tug of war. Or like I talked about before, we're in this place of, well, can I just share it with you and you give it back? No. To surrender it means you place it in somebody else's hand and now they have ownership of it. It no longer belongs to you. So a surrendered life in God means my life is not my own, that God now is not just in control of my life, but he is the owner, the master over my life and of my life. The word world, because I, I want to break this down. There's, I, I I need somebody to be somebody, please, if we can be writing in the chat so that people, I don't, if anybody can do it, I need someone to be typing in the chat, please. Um, Malcolm's not here, but I want to make sure that we're getting these definitions in the chat. And so the, the word world, it means this, it means country, people, societies. It also is the most important or the most influential people. It is human and societal or social interactions. Okay, well, I'm giving you a, a full definition of what it means when you have the word world. I know we think a world and you might think of a map or every country and continent and city and state that belongs to it, but it, it's the countries, it's the people, it's, it's the society. 
is also the most important and the most influential people. It's humans, it's human and social interactions, how we communicate, how we interact with one another. It's also this interest and affairs. And I know many of us that word, you might hear that word a lot used in Christendom, the word secular. I really, that word, word really gets on my nerves. <laughs> and today I was like, why does that word get on my nerves so much? Because the word secular just means world. It means generation, age, or world. I don't know why we just don't say world, right? Like worldly music or what, because right? I don't know why, but we, we try to use these words that people don't understand. I've had so many people go, what does secular mean? It just means anything that is of the world, right? Of this generation, of this age, of this world that is not in like or in kind with the kingdom. Does not operate like the kingdom. Is not, does not have the culture of the kingdom. That's really what secular means, okay? If you always wanted to know what that word means. And so I hear God say, we have to surrender the world left in us. Because if we're honest, there we are, we still have some world in us. And as deep and as spiritual and as saved and as praying as we are, we cannot deny that there are still parts of us that are part of a culture we don't lo no longer belong to. And or let me hit you with this. We don't, we have to recognize that we are falling prey to cultures that we're in and conforming to those cultures to fit in. Sometimes we don't even notice we're conforming until things start to happen. And you can see it by your mo emotional response or reaction. You can see it by how you start to talk how your language begins to shift or change, how your body responds or tenses. Because where we are to be the most influential, hear me, kingdom citizens, where we are to be the most influential, we are being influenced daily. And we are allowing the world and its ideals and its opinions and its ways to seep into parts of us. I didn't say all of you. Because what this doesn't say is surrender the world left in all of you. It says surrender the world left in you. And we got to be honest about the world that's left in us. Some of our thinking is not in line with how God thinks sees, moves, responds. And that's why the very next line talks about the mind. But we first have to deal with our conforming to the pattern of the world before we can even get to the mind. That's why Paul puts a comma because before you can even get to trans uh, renewing your mind and this transformation, you first got to stop and deal with your conforming. You have become a conformist to the patterns of this world. And we cannot 
no longer deny it. We can no longer run from it, but we have to confront it and deal with it and get and allow God to heal us and free us in this place. We are already free, but some of us have been bound by the pattern of the world. And so let's start where just that first three words, do not conform. We're just going to, we're going to break this down. And so when you study this out in the Greek, this word is, is, is a is schema, right? But it means that having an outward shape, assuming a similar outward appearance by following the same pattern. Having an outward shape, assuming a similar outward appearance by following the same pattern. There's a model and a mode to everything. In the, in, in the Bible, it says to imitate the faith of your leaders, right? So there's a model and a mode. In the world, there are various models and modes to do things. There are people that we, we look at and, and, and want to emulate or pull from, and yet they do not ascribe to or are aligned with the God you serve. But because we'll look at them and see aspects of success, or act, uh, or aspect of victory, we will say, well, oh, I, I want to pull that from them, and I, I want to pull that from them, and oh, I, I think if I if I apply that to this, this would help me to gain or to come on. There are people on social media that we, if you have a brand or you are an influencer, you follow their way, their model or their mode in hopes that you will gain the same influence or notoriety as them. And yet a lot of their practices are not in align with God's way of doing things. But because we have become a society, a generation, an age, and a world that is more about being liked, more about fitting in and consistently is teaching you and telling you to conform. We don't even realize that we have started to take those practices into the culture of the kingdom and are, and then guess what happens? Then we get mad at God when those customs and those modes and those models don't work in the kingdom. Cause God's like, I'm not about to, honor that and raise that up and lift that up and exalt that up when it is not a part of who I am, what I've said to you, what I've asked for you to do. But because you put your eyes on the world, you don't realize you've begun to conform to their pattern. As I was thinking about this, um, I started to think about patterns, right? And so the definition of a pattern is, the, is a repeated decorative design. And before I looked up the definition, my immediate thought was that of someone who makes clothes, right? If you sew, anything that you sew has to start with a pattern. And so seamstress find patterns that they've been a model, right? Something that they look at and they repeat those steps, right? Because it says this, that when you are, um, creating a, a, a piece of clothing or design, you first have to cut it in a certain way. 
everything is cut in a certain way. The world right now has, is cut in a certain way. Guess what? The kingdom is cut and shaped in a certain way. And so when you cut it in a certain way, there are key instructions to that pattern that cause it to then become a whole creation. You and I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal savior. Then it caused us to be back in right relationship with God, reconciled back to the father so that we would have direct access once again that was broken in the garden. And with that acceptance of Jesus as Lord and savior, with that reconciliation with God the father, we then were infused within us the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So now we are then cut a certain way because we have come from the pattern of the world because guess what? We were born in sin, a cut, a design, and now we have, have to be recut. Oh, Holy Spirit, I feel you. We have to be recut and redesigned. That's why it says old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new because we have to be recut and redesigned in a certain way. And there are key instructions to the pattern of the kingdom. Everything has a pattern. Everything has a way of doing a mode of transportation and a model before it. God, the Father, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are our models. Jesus was then put in human form. The seed of God placed in a woman to then come into humanity. And this is what schema, that word schema also denotes, is this picture that Jesus's earthly body, which was not, and I need to say this, an exact match with typical humanity. It wasn't an exact match. You know why it wasn't an exact match? Because you and I need an earthly father for, come on, it's not an exact match. Because it was a spiritual seed implanted in a human body to then create a human, his name, Jesus. But it's not an exact match to our humanity because our humanity begins with the seed of a man and an egg of a woman that then comes in. And then we, through our acceptance of Jesus, then are born again. And we come into a spiritual and a natural. We then become like Christ. But he is not the exact match. He's not a typical human. So he was already cut a certain way. And he had key instructions. And he is our model. Jesus is the model. The reason why we talk about Jesus so much is because he is the model for us to live by. He is the pattern for us to follow. He is cut away. We have now been cut the same way because we've been born again. And so because his body was never tempted or tainted, he's also cut a different way. It says he felt everything and was tempted by everything, but he was not touched the same way. He was, come on, he wasn't, he wasn't taunted and tempted in the way, in the way that we are born into sin. He was not born into sin. You and I come into from into a corruptible state, and we must have a savior. He was the savior. 
And so his pattern was already different than ours would ever be. And because they, they knew that, they knew we needed him to come and be an example. We needed him to then die for us and stand in a way that a human only could not stand. Die in a way. Because he was the, both God and man. So he's not typical. Guess what? Once you said yes, you no longer are typical either. But many of us are still walking in typical ways and manners, speaking in typical ways and manners. And so what we as the church don't realize is we are confusing the world because we still have world left in us. Do not conform. Do not conform. Conform, conform, conform. I know we hear this, but what does it actually mean? What does it actually mean, y'all? To conform to something is to comply with the rules, the standards, or the laws. Oh, my goodness. Let's think about that. How many of us, if we're supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ, how many of us are really in compliance with his rules, with his standards and his laws? Or how many times are we teeter-tottering between the rules and standards and laws of the world and the rules and laws and standards of God? To conform means this, to behave according to socially accepted conventions or standards. Behave according to socially accepted conventions or standards. How often are we trying to be socially accepted or just accepted, period? How many times does being different, feeling abnormal, start to feel so heavy that you're just like, you know, I just, I, I'd rather fit in. I don't want, I don't want to stand out like this. I don't want to be different. I, I just want to get along to get along. So let me just let me just play the game. But then when you play the game, you water down his word. When you play the game, you water down his message. When you play the game, let me be real clear. The, the, the gifts and callings on your life will never be in full effect the way that they're supposed to. When we conform, we become similar in type. Can I just break it really all the way down, Pastor Yo? When we conform, we agree. When, when I conform to the pattern of the world, what I'm saying is I agree with what they're doing, with what they're saying, with how they're acting, with how they're moving, with I agree. And I don't agree. But if I say I don't agree, oh, man, that might start a conversation. If I say I don't agree, I might have to actually stick up for the banner that I hold up high as, as, a, as, a, as a follower of the way. If I, if I, come on, if I agree, I might have to really talk about my faith, but I don't have enough word in me yet. I might really have to stand up for Christ by myself. I might, if I if I disagree, if I disagree, if I agree with God and I disagree with man, 
I might not be invited to everything. I might not be able to go to everything. I might not be the most popular in their circles and in their sect. But who am I? Who do I belong to? And that's the question. I can't compartmentalize my faith every day and just make it work over here and hide it over here. Do you know that we compartmentalize our faith with one another? Do you know the thing that saddens me the most? Is that most Christians are not authentically God's. They're not authentically who he's created them to be. We're still faking and, and trying to fake it till we make it. Instead of just saying, this is where I am in God right now. But I know he's growing me. I know he's challenging me. I know that, that, that he's developing me. But this is where I am. And guess what? That's okay for now because you won't stay there if you're in consistent relationships. But we try to act like we're somewhere we're not. We try to speak in languages that we don't have yet. We're trying to still fit in in a place we already fit. The kingdom is where we belong. And the culture of the kingdom is what we must represent in everything that we do. But it says, do not conform. Do not conform to this world. This world, the, the, the one we live in. It says that we are in the world, but we are what? Not of it. And yet, I can see so much of the world on the church. I can see so much of the world in the pulpit. I can see so much of the world in Bible study. I can see so much of the world in just conversations with the bride. And we are conforming and conforming and conforming and conforming. And I'm trying to figure out where is God? Where has his presence gone? What we don't want is the bride to have the spirit of Ichabod, which means his presence has departed. And if you think about it, the moment you conform in any way, his presence departs you. In any second of your day, when you conform to what they're saying, when you allow yourself to slip into that conversation, when you allow yourself to start to, to move into that way of thinking or believing, this, his presence departs. Because he will not stand in the, mess of, in the midst of confusion. He will not be a part of gossip and deception and lies. He won't do it. He's not a man that he should lie. So why is he going to hang around you when you're exaggerating the truth? Why is he going to stand right around you when you are literally rejecting his rules, his laws, and his standards in order to fit with this world? Are you going to stand with them or are you going to be a standard bearer for him? Am I going to stand with them or am I going to be a standard bearer for him?
And we've got to keep at the way I talk to people. Will God be pleased? Would he be pleased just with my, my conversation? Do not conform this world, this age, this time span. And guess what? Each era has it literally, guys, every era. If you think about every 10 years, the culture shifts in the world. It's way different now than it was 20 years ago. There's more things, more choices, more consumption. There's a larger appetite in the world now than there was 20 years ago. If you just think about when you were in high school, none of us on this page right now are in high school. Think about when you were in high school. You didn't have to deal with what the world is offering our kids today. There were times when I was young, I was like, oh, I wish I was born. I do not wish that I was in this dispensation as a young person. I, My heart, like when I say I grieve for them, because the appetite of the world is so large and because the body has been so watered down and because we have been playing part world, part God, these children don't even know where to go, what to do. They're looking for the truth and the world is offering their truth. And your truth is always subjective to what you've been through, what you're going through, what's going to happen next. It's always going to shift and move. Your truth is your opinion. And it's not that things haven't really happened. It doesn't mean that it's not real. But the truth is in his word. And the truth, Jesus walked and gave us an example of how to deal with every single thing we will ever go through. Do not conform. Do not conform. The reason why we cannot conform is because we are his representative. We are his, we're the God reflector, we're the reflection of God. You're made in his image and his likeness. And so whatever we do or don't do is a direct representation of who we say he is or who we say he isn't. You got to be careful of what you say. You got to be careful about what you do. You got to be careful about where you go. And and I love this. Uh, 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 I was at a conference two weeks ago and a pastor said it this way. We also need to understand this. Convictions are not universal. They're personal. So even when we're talking to other people, your personal conviction is not a universal one. And because of maturity, there are things that God will convict me about that he won't convict you about. Or based on where you are right now with God, he may convict you, but he's not convicting me. And I can't push that on you. But his rules, his laws, his commandments, his standards, that's, that is universal for the kingdom. Those things are not changing. His requirements are not changing. His standard is not changing. His laws are not changing. His character is not changing. 
But we've got to be careful that even in our conviction, we're not trying to get someone to conform to what God is asking us to do. Surrender the world left in you. I'm going to ask three questions. I want you to write them down. Because we've got to ask ourselves about what world is left in us. Can I tell y'all something? I can tell how much world is still left in you by these three things. You ready? Does your mouth sound like the world? Do you know how many of us in the bride try to use other words that everybody knows the word you mean? Because you're still cussing. You're just not saying it that way. Most Christians like to use frick. Come on, let's 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 be real about it. Let's get real about it. We'll use a different kind of word, but everybody knows what you're trying, what you're saying, what you're insinuating. But we're trying to come on, stop it. Some bull, something. You know what I mean? We'll do all these things. We'll kind of, but it's that's not the language of the kingdom. And you play it. God said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. So look, you might as well, I'm saying this, it would be better to curse than to play like you cursing. Because at least God could respect, I'm still, you're, I've still got to work those things out of you. Obscene language, that's in the Bible, Ephesians. Coarse jesting. The way we, we joke about a thing. But let's just talk about our mouths. Do I sound like everybody on my job? If I think about when we're all sit sitting around together with the people on my job, do I, do I start to sound like them? Have you? Okay, let me say this. So like, yes, last night, my, my nephew Alex is here, who is named after Pastor Alex. Okay. I was sitting down. My husband walked in. I said something to him and he said something I never heard him say that made me start laughing because I knew he had picked it up from my nephew. So I said something, something, he's like fat. And I was like, I started cracking up because Pastor Alex don't got no young language at all. I know all the, he ain't got none, right? See, people who know him, your ministry is cracking up. He was like, oh, fat. And I started laughing. So he was like, why are you laughing? I said, because I know you got that from Alex. And I was like, oh, you know, Auntie, I got to teach him. I got to get him, you know. I said, oh, you trying to get him hip? And he was like, and then Pastor Alex started laughing like, oh, I'm not hip. And I said, no, but think about it. That easy, right? That's not something wrong. But in that moment, because they've been around each other, they were together all day. He picked up, he was taught something that then he used. He used it correctly. It's not wrong, but think about how many conversations you have with people who are not in the kingdom culture, not a part of the kingdom culture, that you start to adapt their way of talking, you start to adapt their way of thinking, you start to adapt their way of behaving, and even those that are in the kingdom that have yet had certain things fleshed out, that you start adapting their way of thinking, their way of communicating, their way of moving, their way of, come on, and you are conforming and you don't even know it.
Does your mouth sound like the world? Are you cursing? Are you in conversation? How's your conversations? How's your communication? Number two, do your actions resemble the world? Are you still moving in deception? Are you still hiding? Are you lying? Are you gossiping? Are you controlling? Are you manipulating? If you're trying to influence, for what? To what? Do your actions resemble the world? How you're responding? Are you responding? Are you reacting? You still got, are you, you, is that, is that rage still popping out when someone comes? Are you still bucking up when people who love you are challenging you? Do you still have that raw in you? Are you, are you, are you, you know what I'm saying? What, are you still got that knee jerk reaction to certain things? Are you still triggered by certain things that you say you gave over to God? Now hear me. None of these things, I'm not saying wrong, I'm saying it's still world left in us. That we've got to surrender the world left in us. Third question, do your thoughts follow the world? Your thoughts, how you're thinking. Do they follow the way the world's thinking? Listen, we all have seen this whole two weeks of Jada Pickett Smith and I'm sure you've seen videos and this and that but how are you thinking about it somebody texted me and asked me if I had seen something and I said I saw a piece of that and a piece of that I'm praying for their entire family that was my response my response wasn't to lean in and have a long conversation because I knew that the person was asking me I knew the person reaching out to me was looking for a response from the kingdom. But in that moment, right, because they've asked me if I've seen something. And guess what? I've seen a lot of things. And every time I saw it, I was grieved for their family. And so my response is, pray for the family. I don't have an opinion about a book I didn't read. I don't have an opinion about their marriage that I don't know. I don't have an opinion about what they do or not do. It's not my house. But I could conform in this moment to everything the world is saying, thinking, how they're responding and reacting. And I could go down that whole diatribe and follow that rabbit hole and get all of my emotions wrapped up in it. Conforming. When it comes to Israel and Hamas and Palestine, pray. That's my answer. Because guess what? The church had their answers. The world has their, everybody's got an opinion. But guess what my position is? Pray. And guess what? Not for one, for everybody. Because guess what? There are Christians in Palestine. Pray. For everyone. Are we God's chosen? Are Israel God's chosen? Well, the truth of the matter is once Paul came and we became accessible, we were adopted 
It says we're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. I'm chosen too. If he's no respecter of persons, that's what my word says. Now, here's what we know. Here's what we know. The children of Israel were led out. The children of Israel then bring in the 12 tribes, right, of Israel. We, we know the heritage. All of that brings us to who? Jesus. But this isn't about now trying to figure out who's more chosen, who's not chosen. It's to pray. Because guess what? There are some Jews who do not believe he is the Messiah. They just believe he's a prophet. But if I start to get in the weeds with all the opinions, I get out of position and I start to conform and lean in. And once I conform and lean in, guess what I'm starting to do? Allow my opinions to be greater than God's standard. I'm conforming. I'm not saying don't look at it. I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is don't let it then control you influence you if you don't know your position for everything in this world when it happens if you don't know our position is to hold up a banner is to pray it come on it's to intercede if you don't know that don't watch tv don't set yourself up to conform But you've got to ask yourself, does my mouth sound like the world? Do my actions resemble the world? Does my way of thinking, do my thoughts follow the world? Am I agreeing with the world? Or am I agreeing with God? Questions, comments, concerns. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the K-How podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.